This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Ryan Bruss. Thank you, Sid. Today on Messianic Vision, our guest is Dr. Joe Wadlinger. And Dr. Joe, you have been through an incredible healing experience in your life. And we learn that through the Bible that some people get an instant miracle. And some people, it's more gradual. Yes. And it seems like when it's a gradual healing, uh, people tend to lose heart. And, you, you know, you've been there. Yes. You were one of those gradually healed people, but you still were healed. And so you have real compassion and a real authority uh, in the spirit for those who, who have illnesses that seem to drag out. Is that true? Yes. And I mean, you, you've really, you've been there, done that. Yes, got the T-shirt. <laughs> and so your, your testimony is incredible. And uh, reading, reading your story in your book, in your CDs, everything just really builds your faith. And I, I want to go right to the beginning here of uh, in 2004, uh, you were at a company, or you're a programmer, mm-hmm. correct? And uh, you were at a company, and it, from my notes, you kind of like you really like to work. You don't like yes. to just sit around. <laughs> you, exactly. You like to work. Exactly. Yeah. But because of the, and you know, it's a good thing. But because of that, it, it uh, began to affect your body. Start in two thousand four. What began to happen to you? Well, I was programming for hours on end because I had uh, I was actually the owner of the company that I worked at. Okay. And so I was sitting in a an executive chair. And not a programming chair, kind of slouch. There's a programming chair. Yes, there is. There's actually <laughs> one that's that's uh, made for programming. Okay. So you sit up straight. Okay. And I wasn't sitting up straight. I was slouched in the chair for just hours. For hours and hours. And I actually deformed my back, mm. which caused the, uh, the the disc itself to bulge out and to press on one of the nerves. And I was starting to get pain, incredible pain, in my right leg. I caused the problem, didn't know. I mean, a, a physician by training, I didn't know what I was doing. And so I went to the doctor, to a neurosurgeon, and he says, you, you deformed your back, and we need to uh, clean out behind that disc and let that nerve have some room. So you had a surgery, and you, you seemed to get a, just a little better, and, but because of your work ethic, good or bad, but your work ethic... Uh, you were at home, you had you're in the, your recliner, a big leather chair, heating pad, but you went right back to doing uh, the same thing that you were doing before. Right. I mean, the heating pad just made it feel better, but I was still in a recliner in a chair, and I wasn't getting up and exercising because I was wanting to work, wanting to get stuff done. And so I compounded the problem. And uh, you, less than a year after that, first surgery, right? You were on a stair stepper. Right. And then what happened? Uh, the disc actually blew out and there was a fragment the size of a quarter that went down into my spinal column, was pressing against my spinal column. And the pain in my leg turned from just aching to like a burning pain. It was like there was an arc welder attached from my hip down to my toe. In fact, I couldn't even, the only thing I could do would be lay flat. And so my, my wife and my father and my kids built me a stretcher, and they hauled me into the neurosurgeon's office again. And what did he say? He just he said, get this man to the, to the hospital. I'm going to do surgery on him today. 
Now, okay, so you have this searing pain going through you, and I mean, your disc literally exploded. Yeah, exploded. Yeah, so what, what, what was going on during the surgery? What did they do for you? Well, actually, they removed those fragments of okay. the disc there and then cleaned up um, and did a discectomy so that there'd be no disc there anymore. Now, if anybody listening has had back pain, I mean, this is, you know, uh, multiplied by a thousand, I'm sure. But in the midst of that, you you developed walking pneumonia. Uh, after that, I did, yeah. yes. And so you were still dealing with the side effects of this back pain and walking pneumonia. And so what, what began to happen to you after that? Well, I would start doing some walking outside because I started to learn my lesson. But the pain didn't go completely away. I mean, the, the searing pain went away, but I was having some pain in, in, uh, in my back a little bit. And I said, well, I don't want to live like this. So I went back to the doctor and, and I said, hey, what can we do for this? And so he sent me to a pain clinic uh, who was run by the, the head of the department. And uh, they decided that what they wanted to do was to inject my back with cortisone. And so that's what they did. And uh, he said, man, it went great. It's, you know, it was perfect. And were you feeling better at that point? Well, it, 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 right at the moment, I didn't. Okay. Because it usually takes a while for that cortisone to, to take effect. But I went home, and I did what they told me to do. I laid in bed, put an ice pack on my back. But instead of it feeling better, it got worse. It felt like I had an ice pick that was driven through my back. And I said, oh, what did I do? And then what happened? We went back to the doctor. And uh, he said, oh, my goodness, um, I did this. And, and, and the, what he meant by that was about one in 3,000 people has an adverse reaction to having their back injected with cortisone. My nerves were raw from the surgery, and that particular substance, if it touches live nerves, um, it can cause them to, mm. to burn. I mean, basically, it, it's, it uh, burns them and causes them to meld together, almost like short-circuiting. And the pain went, then went through the roof. Now, just so the people at home understand, because everybody uh, tolerates pain differently, everybody experiences pain in different levels, and but th this is, this was bad. This was hugely bad. And from what I understand, it was so bad that they they weren't going to do because everything that's already happened there they weren't they didn't want to do surgery again. Right. I mean, it was they they tried everything they could to find out what this was, and um, they didn't know at the time. And they tried all kinds of drugs and all kinds of, of, of uh, therapies and everything like that, but nothing worked because it got so bad I couldn't, I was laying in bed all day long. And when the weather would change, it'd be so bad I would put a pillow over my face and just scream. Wow. You could hear me across the house. Wow. So as you're listening to this today, you can just get a picture, a brief picture of the pain that Dr. Joe was going through. And everybody uh, listening, you, you, you've you dealt with pain from one extreme to the other. But I just want you to hear this testimony because this pain was bad. It, it, was, it was really bad. Yes. And uh, I know in words there's no real way to describe it because, you know, like you said, you had the pillow over your face just screaming. Uh, you're in a bad place. Right. Uh, you were a believer during this time. Absolutely. So what was going through your, at, at this time, because we're going to get to the next step in a moment. At this time, what was, what do you feel like God was showing you? What was going on? Were you, were you complaining to God? Were you hurt emotionally? Were you, were you trying to live by faith? What was going on in your spirit? Well, what was happening was, I don't, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but if you hit your thumb with a hammer. I used to be a construction worker. Right. And when yeah. you hit it, all you do is focus on that pain on that mm -hmm. thumb. I mean, somebody could be asking you a question like, what's two plus two? And you go, <laughs> I don't care. 
everything is driven by this I've pain. I've been there, yes, sir. Right? Yeah. And so that's what I was 7 by 24. There was no let up of the pain no matter what they gave me. And because I was focused so much, I had drained all of my adrenaline, everything from my body. And so I went into an incredible depression uh, because I was always managing this pain. And so what was happening was is that I, st I got to the place where I didn't even believe God even saw me. I would be saying, God, you know, I'm, I'm not a bad Christian. I've done all these good things. I've been an elder, a deacon, and I've been a teacher. And why do you not see me? Why, why are you not there for me? And I got into the place that was so bad that I didn't even care what God thought anymore. I was saving up pills to kill myself. And I appreciate you saying that. We're going to revisit that in a moment. And also, if you could just chew on this uh, for later, what does somebody do that's listening? They have, they're in so much pain. Like you said, you know, I've hit my thumb with a hammer before, and it just kind of exploded. I've hit it that hard. Um, and that's minor compared to what you went through, obviously. But your heart, your, your mind, everything uh, is your attention is on that. In fact, just the other day, I slammed my finger in the door. It's like, ah, you know, all, all that attention on it. Okay, so my point is, if we can address this later, um, when somebody's in such pain, how do, they, how do they rise above the pain because it's so real? to begin to get their heart back on the healing power of God. Jesus, you are still Jehovah Rapha. In the middle of screaming into a pillow, how does somebody do that? And I know you learned that, so let's talk about that later. So it actually stepped up a notch in your testimony. The, the radiologist reported that you may actually have an incurable condition. It's called arachnoiditis. And what was that? It is, it's, like I said, it's where... Uh, something, usually from multiple surgeries or from medication or something that in your spine that causes the nerves in your spine to just bind together. And the sensations get all mixed up. I mean, even if somebody would rub your leg, you would see that as pain. One lady described it because she had the same kind of condition as arachnoiditis, like sliding down a razor blade in iodine. That's exactly Ouch. how it feels. So you are dealing with this pain for at least two years. Yes. Correct with with the, the, everything that was going on and the side effects of everything that you were that you were on mm -hmm. and uh, and you were in bed most of the day correct? most of the day or I was uh, face down on a massage table because that's the only position that really gave me any relief I couldn't really lay on my back I couldn't stand for very long I couldn't I could not sit so I had to stand to eat but I could only do that for a few minutes and because of the excruciating pain and dealing with it for two years uh, you fell as you said earlier into a depression and because uh, nothing was happening nothing was going on and um, uh, you got to the point where like you said you felt abandoned by God and you actually started saving up pills to kill yourself right talk about that for a moment well um, unbeknownst to my wife they, they give you all kinds of medications in fact they gave me medications that cancer patients use because of the pain and so I started saving these things up because the pain was so unbearable. I wanted out. Um, and like I said, I, I, I started getting to the place where I didn't care what God thought. You know, I'd been taught when I was younger that suicide is the unforgivable sin, all these kinds of things. And, but I didn't care because I didn't think God saw me anyway. Wow. Um, Even though you were a believer. Yes. You got to this place because of so much pain. Yes. Inside and outside. Yes. And so I started saving them up. The only thing that kept me from doing that is I didn't want my wife and my kids to wake up one morning and see me dead in bed. That was the only thing that kept that. It wasn't my faith in God. It was my responsibility to my family. That was the only thing that kept me there. So you hit rock bottom. Literally. I hit rock bottom. Uh, so 
you, the people at your church uh, actually prayed for you, yes. rallied around you, which is what we see in the Word of God, where, you know, the man that was let through the roof, he obviously couldn't get to Jesus himself, so people rallied around him, and I know you, you teach on that. Um, but even even the church felt like they, you know, ran out of answers for you. Right. I, I, I think it was just they had done everything that they needed to do, everything that they understood from the Word of God, and they just didn't know what to do anymore. And it wasn't the fact that people didn't want to come over and pray for me. I'd gotten to the place where I didn't want to see anybody because um, when you're in that much pain, you really just don't want anybody around. And so I was hoping they were praying for me, and some people would come over, but I think they had just given up. They didn't know what to do. Now, something shifted in, in, in this testimony, but before that, what was, what was going on with your wife, you know, it, with her walking you through this? Well, Heidi and I have known each other a long, long time. And when we got married, you know, I was the person who was the spiritual head of the family. She depended on that. I mean, she was doing all the, the house duties and the, you know, bringing up the kids and things, but she really didn't dig into the word for her own. She wasn't really a prayer warrior on her own. Well, when that happened, I wasn't there anymore. So she really had to start digging into the word for herself. And it, and it changed her life. That changed her life, and it changed my destiny. Did you have little kids at the time, or how old were the kids? My kids were teenagerish yeah. at that time. And so even even then, you know, Dad wasn't there to, you know, throw right. the ball, so to speak, and all that. So everything was just compounding on your life. And, and um, uh, something shifted with your wife, though. And uh, you talk about in your book that when you would lose hope, your wife, I love this. Uh, because it touched me deeply because my, when I was growing up, I lost my dad to cancer at, when I was 12 years old. And my mom did the same thing that your wife did. Uh, my mom kept my dad alive for five years because of her faith. And this is what your wife said, quote, If I have to throw you over my shoulder and carry you across the finish line, we're going to see you healed. Yes. That's a woman of God. Yes. I mean, that is a woman of God. And I, I love that. So... What began to happen? You were praying in your book eight to 12 hours a day. Talk, mm -hmm. talk to me about what began to happen there. What shifted was is that we started saying that this can't be. She was saying to herself, this can't be. This is not right. You know, my, I can't lose my husband. And so she just threw out everything that she knew about healing and went back and started looking in the Word of God for how Jesus actually healed, how the disciples actually healed. And she would start reading books about great men of God in the past who were healing evangelists like Smith Wigglesworth and, um, and John G. Lake and all these different people who actually had healing ministries. I mean, it's said about John G. Lake, he had like over 100,000 yes. documented testimonies. Yes. And so when she started doing that, she started realizing that there was something more. And she went back to the Word and said, okay, I'm going to throw out what I know, what I've been taught, and find out what actually the Word says. And so when she was doing that, um, she started realizing that there's, there's more. And she was reading about John G. Lake, and he had had these healing rooms. And so she said one night she woke up, and I think the Lord directed her to the computer to look up healing rooms. And she found out there were healing rooms still in existence today. So she found out there were some in Charlotte. And so she found a healing room, and she went there, and she started talking to the people there and having them pray over me and realized that what we've been taught was incomplete. I wouldn't say it was wrong, it was just incomplete. And she started learning about these people, um, like John G. Lake and, and Smith Wigglesworth, but then she started learning about people like 
Bill Johnson and these other people in the who really believed in healing. Well, talk about the incomplete part. What was the missing ingredient there? I think that in the in the church in general, um, we had been taught that you pray to the Father. Like uh, if I would pray to you, say, you know, Father, I just ask that you would heal Ryan of this disease, whatever it is. And the, and that's not the way that Jesus healed. That's not the way the disciples healed. They commanded the sickness and disease. Jesus said, you heal the sick, you raise the dead, you cast out devils, you cleanse lepers. And the disciples responded to that when they went out and, and they were actually going out two by two, they came back and they said, Jesus, this is incredible. Even the demons are subject to us. They didn't say to you or in your name. They said they're subject to us because Jesus had given that to the church. He's given us the authority to heal sickness. He's given us the authority to heal disease and cast out devils and cleanse lepers. So you almost had a mentality from what I'm hearing you say is you prayed to the Father and and just left it there. Right. And, you know, God, you believed in healing, but your, Lord, your will be done. Right. The sovereignty. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of in Jesus name. Right. Learning the authority. And at your house, you were speaking in tongues for hours. You played music all day. You worship as much as possible. In fact, you guys even uh, had scripture verses taped everywhere. everywhere. Prayer cloths, pinned to clothes, yes. pillowcases. And uh, Heidi, uh, your wife, said, uh, I think we should throw out everything we know about healing and start from scratch. Yes. And you just you just went right to the root of everything. Right. And that's when you you know, learned about Bill Johnson and, and, and these healing rooms. And What began to change at that point? Well, we started listening online to people who are alive today. And we found there was a, a revival that it was happening in, in Florida. And so we started watching that. She would drag me out to the massage table and put me in front of a computer monitor. And we would watch this revival going on. Well, at this revival... There were, they would do teaching sessions, too, and one of the teaching sessions had a lady named Joan Hunter, which I know has been on this, this program a lot, and uh, we started listening to her, and she did that. She would command the sickness and disease in Jesus' name to go. There wasn't this passivity or this understanding of sovereignty, which God is sovereign. I'm not taking that away from right. him, but he gave us the authority. Right. He said, you do it. And so she would do that, and we saw people getting healed left and right, more than I'd ever seen in all the years that, that I was, had even been a Christian. And, and I kept asking her, do you think that's real? Do you think those people are really getting healed? Do you think I could be healed? And that was a breakthrough. And she would say, yes, I believe that you can be healed. So Heidi contacted Joan Hunter. We didn't know her. And she sent her a, a, an email and said, hey, can you pray for my husband? And you know, if possible, can you call him? And so on Labor Day, my, when my parents-in-law had come to visit us. I was in the back bedroom. I told my wife I didn't want to see them because I was just in so much pain and so much distress. And all of a sudden, Heidi gets this phone call, and it's Joan Hunter on the phone. Mm. And before she could even tell us her name, Heidi already knew because we had listened to her so many times. We would listen to the same thing over and over and over again. And Joan got on the phone. Heidi rushed into the room, and she gave me the phone. It's Joan Hunter. It's Joan Hunter. And, and gave uh, gave the phone to me, and I talked to Joan, and she prayed over me. She commanded the sickness to go. And then she asked me how I felt, and I said, I don't feel any better. She said, hmm, let me pray again. She commanded the sickness disease again to go, and it didn't go. And she said, hmm. She said, I'm going to go back, have to go back to the Lord on this, but I want you to go to a church that believes in healing the same way that I believe in healing. A little bit later, I heard from Joan 
what, what happened was when she got the email is that the Lord told her, you're going to have to walk this one through his healing. Wow. Well, in, in that brings me to the point that talk to the people at home between, especially in the 21st century, everything is now. You know, if, if it's more than two or three days, I'm suffering with something, you know, something must be wrong with me. God's love for me. There must be something wrong with what I'm doing. Because we because we were programmed in this day and age that if I don't get it in the next hour, uh, something's off. Right. And and there's a difference in the Bible that you teach the, uh, between instantaneous miracles and healings. Right. So talk about that. Well, many times we hear from people, you know, I'm in a faith. Oh, you're a Job. I heard that, you know, that you're going to be people are going to be taught through this. We've been taught sometimes that even God puts things on us to right. teach us things. And uh, what we've learned about that is God doesn't have it to give. So he, it, right. sickness doesn't right. come from him. This came, I wanted to make that point earlier was that I did this, right? Yeah. God didn't do this, but God takes things like this and he uses them for his glory. And so what Heidi likes to say is there's a story about the 10 lepers who Jesus commanded their leprosy to go, but they were not healed immediately. Yeah. It was as they were going, Heidi says, as they were wenting. She goes, <laughs> right. as they were wenting, they were healed. And they were healed. And we find out that because of the distance they had to travel, they were probably on a several day journey back to Jerusalem. So about halfway there, maybe, you know, they, they realized they were healed. And I think that's why only one of them came back because Jesus had told them to go to them, show themselves to the priest. Yeah. But one was so grateful that he came back to Jesus, but it didn't happen immediately. And we know with the, the person who was blind, Jesus had to pray twice. So what I want to give is hope to people to say, just because you didn't get it immediately, you just keep going back. You just keep commanding that thing to go. Which right now, Joe, you have such authority to say that because you went over two years with pain. Right. And, and you knew Jesus was a healer. Uh, you were, were getting these new revelations of his healing power and authority. Uh, but you can look people in the eye and say, listen, I walk through it. And I, I know sometimes things are progressive. And, and so you've been there. Right. And that's the power of testimony. There's, there's a section of the book that talks about the power of testimony. And when you have a testimony or you even grab somebody else's testimony, right. then when you build that person's faith that they're talking to. And so I always try to give a person a testimony of healing. And, you know, that word healing isn't just physical sickness. Right. Right. It's um, body, soul, and spirit, mind, will, emotions, and finances, too. God wants us to have an abundant life. And so when I tell them a testimony, it builds their faith. And then when I command that thing to go, um, in Jesus' name, I always tell them, just because it didn't happen now, I want you to speak to this thing on a regular basis and tell it it has to go because you have the authority of the Father and you have the authority of Jesus that he's given to us. Amen. So you were getting this revelation, Joan Hunter uh, praying for you and things weren't really breaking through quite yet, uh, but she told you to go to a church that believes in this right. uh, healing power of God. And then you went to a church, Impact Church, and uh, well, what began to happen to you there? Well, I started hearing testimonies of God's healing power. And they were of the mind, you don't have to have faith. We will have faith for you. And they were talking about the story in the New Testament where the four men, the four friends, brought that man to Jesus and were so believing that Jesus could heal him that they broke through the roof of the house, tore it off, and lowered that man to Jesus. We don't ever hear that that man had any faith. But you could tell from the faith of the four men that they had faith. And Jesus, I believe, was even amazed at that faith. And so they said, we will carry your mat. And, and I think that this is one thing that 
we have to realize people who have sickness and disease and pain, they do lose hope. Their faith is minimal. And Jesus doesn't need the sick person's faith. He heals people with much faith, little faith, no faith, mother's faith, father's faith, master's faith, sometimes just even Jesus's faith. Right, right. So he'll find the faith wherever he needs to find it. And, That's good. And, and so I, I really believe that when people are in this condition, they need to find somebody that can believe for them, not only with them, and will continue to care about them so much that they won't let go of this thing until it is gone, because that's what the Father wants. And that's what you needed. Yes. You needed somebody to stand with you because you, the pain was just excruciating. Right. And, and the thing is, you know, a lot of people go up to get healed in, in, a, in a Sunday service, and they don't get healed, and they feel this shame, mm-hmm. right? And so they go back. They may come twice, but then after that, they just don't feel like they should go up anymore. At Impact, it wasn't like that. You come up every time that we have a, a healing part of the service, and if there's not, you find somebody who has that kind of authority, who has that kind of belief, and you ask them to pray for you. That's so good, and that's what, exactly what you did. Right. And uh, your faith in God was strengthened for healing, and, and then your healing began to manifest. Yes. Uh, you would get a little bit of a breakthrough, but then the enemy would try to come in. What would he say? Right. I mean, he would say, this is all you're going to get. How many times have you heard that? Right. Like you get a little breakthrough, and the enemy says, well, that's all you're going to get. It's not going to get better. Because remember, this pain was so incredible that any little piece I would have accepted. I mean, I couldn't even lift a gallon of milk. That's how much pain I was in. And so I would get a little bit of relief, and he would say, that's all you're going to get. And I'd say, no, devil. My God is not a 10% God. He's not a 50% God. He's not an 80% God. Jesus came and sacrificed so that we could have abundant life, total healing. I mean, the word healing is actually sozo in many places in the New Testament, and that means total wholeness in every aspect of your life. And so I would, I would point at my leg and I would say, in my back, and I would say, in the name of Jesus, you've got to go. This pain has got to go. You've got to be restored in Jesus' name. And I would get, go to a next plateau, and it happened over and over and over again until I was healed. You were literally walking into your healing. Yes. Uh, Dr. Joe, talk to the people at home about your uh, new book, Healed, God's Breakthrough Blueprint for Receiving and Releasing Miracles. After we had gone through all of this, the Lord just said, I want you to put all of this in a book to encourage people, not only so that they can be healed, but so that they can be the true sons and daughters of God that can go out there and do what Jesus did. Because the ultimate destiny of every believer is to be conformed in the image of Jesus, to become like Jesus. Jesus even prayed that, that we would be one as he and the Father are one, that we would be in him as he's in us. And so this book takes you through this healing process, but in the midst, it teaches you along the way what we learned and how to be powerful sons and daughters of God. Because, you know, the, the earth is groaning for the revelation of the sons of God. And I know that means in the future, but I also believe it, it means it now that when people start understanding who they are in God, they, if they need healing, they will get it, but also they can go out and heal the sick and raise the dead and cast out devils and cleanse lepers and say, see, the kingdom of God is here now, Amen. right? And we can be kingdom warriors for, for Jesus. And throughout the book, it, it, it gives teaching on all these different areas. And in the end chapter, there are testimonies upon testimonies upon testimonies of people who have gotten this and in all aspects, even financial. I mean, we have incredible testimonies of people who have had provision. I got one just the other day where a guy was saying that you prayed for me and asked God for provision, and my income went up three times wow. in one year. Wow. So the book is just 
Uh, God's breakthrough blueprint for receiving and releasing miracles. And then your brand new CD set, You Can Walk in Victory. Talk about that. Well, the, the CD set, there's uh, a teaching from my wife, and it's on the battle for your identity. And, and this, is, this is key. It's about, you know, the enemy wants you to have an identity that identifies with him. Right. And God wants you to have an identity that identifies with Jesus. And until we understand what that identity is and what our destiny is, we can't do anything. And so that's, that's the first CD is about the battle for that identity and what that means and who are the players in that. And, and my, my wife does an incredible job of, of laying that out. And I'll be honest with you, uh, Dr. Joe, um, uh, especially because this whole, you know, I, I have so much of even tearing up, even talking to you because of what I've been through in my own life. Uh, your wife's part of this whole story is so incredible because when you felt like giving up and giving in, she did not. Right. And people need to hear from her as well. So we're thankful that she's in the CDs. Now talk about the other two, your God's favorite and the supernatural power of words. Right. I mean, I just want to say this. In the book, the book is written with her and I together. There'll be a section where it's from my perspective and a section from her perspective. Awesome. The whole book is that way. But the, the second one is your God's favorite. I love to tell people that. And it, it rocks their world. Well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I, yeah, God loves me. I say, no, you're God's favorite. The Word of God says that he is no respecter of persons. And in one translation, he says he has no favorites, which means that everybody's his favorite. <laughs> right, right. And once we get that an understanding that we're all equal in the sight of God, we all have an equal destiny, and we all have an equal purpose, it is so powerful. So I talk about that, and I use the Word of God to show you that you're God's favorite. And that and I even have a T-shirt that I, that I made that says, I'm God's favorite, you are too. Right, and it's an incredible yeah. witnessing thing. And then the, the last one is the supernatural power of your words. We do not understand how powerful the words that come out of our mouth are because we, are, we have been created in the image of God. And God is one when he speaks, he creates. And so we create either to the negative or we create to the positive every word that we speak out of our mouth. And we can change our world around us just by the words that we speak. And even in your own testimony, you talk about anything that was being spoken negative about you walking out of your healing. You cut it off. I just cut it off. I mean, I, it, I love prophetic actions. And so I would just like a helicopter, take my hand over my head and just throw it over my head and say, I cut that off. When a physician would say something that was against, you know, what I believe that God wanted for me, I just say, I cut that off in Jesus' name. Sometimes wow. I did it right in front of them. Most of the time as I walked out of the room. Because I, I believe in blessing and cursing. Yeah. The Bible says Absolutely. that we can bless and curse. Absolutely. And you don't want any of that junk on you. I, I'll tell you this. After um, I got healed, I, called, I had a little bit of pain in my toe, and I called up the physician who was over the pain clinic, and, and I said, would you please, he had told me that you'll never get rid of that pain in your toe. That was the last place that I had pain. Wow. So I called him up and I said, would you please release me from that? And he said, yes, I release you from that. Wow. I like that. It's incredible I like what, what words can do. And so that's what we talk about in this last CD. I like that. When you were coming into the final stages of your healing, I love this because God has done this for me as well. And, uh, and because he loves us, yes. he loves to give us signs, you yes. know. And uh, to talk about some of these signs that the Lord would give you uh, as you're stepping into these final stages of your healing. Yeah, well, like an exclamation point. Yes. One of the pastors at Impact Church, Pastor Terry, he, was, he would see signs. He would, see, he would have dreams. And 
all of a sudden he would wake up from the dream and God would continue that dream like somebody had pulled a, a screen down and he would he would watch this thing and the and Pastor Donna would have would have signs that she would see. And so I asked him one time, I said, uh, can you pray for me that I would have signs too? Because I was just intrigued by this. I had never even heard that you could do that, right? And so he prayed for me. And Heidi and I were leaving church one day and I was still in pain at this time and, and getting healed slowly. And I, I said, I just have to go home because it was so much pain. And she's like, but I need to have fellowship. I need to be out there with people because they had invited us to go to, to lunch. And so I said, okay, well, well, that's fine. Let's just go to lunch. I'll just, I'll just grit my teeth and bear it, right? <laughs> and so we went a different way to the restaurant. And on the way, we passed by this church. And out of this parking lot came a car. And on the license plate, it said, you know, abbreviated Jehovah Rapha. Wow. And I, and I stopped talking to her and I just, my mouth dropped open and I looked at her and I said, do you see that license plate? What's, what's license plate? It's a sign, right? <laughs> right. Said, you see that license plate? I didn't think it was going to be literal God. I was going to see yeah. literal signs, right? And I said, it says Jehovah Rapha, which means the Lord is your healer. Wow. And we just couldn't believe it. And that's all we could talk about at lunch. And then the next week, your wife is traveling to a place in North Carolina, and she is stopped at a red light. And what did that license plate say? She thought that the vehicle in front of her was my brother-in-law's truck. Yeah. And it was like, wait, that's not the right color. And she looked down at the license plate, and it said, healed. <laughs> and then the next day, the very next day, you were setting up a PayPal account, and we all know that you have those little symbols you got to type right. in sometimes to right. verify that you're not a robot type thing. And what were the symbols? The symbols were J-H-H-V-H. It was the it was similar to the tetragram that yeah. says it says Jehovah. And I was like, oh my gosh, Lord, these three things, you, you are the Lord, my healer, I am the healed, and you are Jehovah. And I would repeat those three signs I over to myself that. over and over that. and over. And it built my faith up to say, you are showing me signs, God. This is yeah. just so awesome. And <laughs> wow. I've had so many since then that it's just amazing. And what's actually amazing, more amazing is that as I talk to people about, about this, that um, they are actually starting to see license plates and signs themselves. Wow. And I, th I think God loves to do that yeah. kind of stuff for but, us. But the one I love the most, yeah. let me just tell you this yeah. one. This was later on. This was after I was healed and I went back to work and... Um, and I went to a store, and, I'm, and I was parked at the store, and I got out, and I started driving my van to get out of the parking lot. And a license plate caught my eye because that earlier that day, you know, sometimes even, even in your best times, you start getting like, you know, you start getting caught up in the world stuff, and you're like, God, do you still love me? You still see me? I, I just need to know that you love me today. You know, it's kind of like that little lamb bouncing yeah. up to the shepherd and saying, you know, do you still love me? And he pats him on the head. And so I, I looked over um, at this car, and the license plate said, I love you, Joe. I wow. about came unglued. <laughs> I had to take a picture of it. Wow. It was just so amazing. That's neat. And so I'm, I'm just reeling from this. I love you, Joe. Out of all the license plates, there's only one in North Carolina like that, right? Wow. Of all the license plate, God put it there at that store at that time to answer the request that I had that morning that he would let me know that he loves me. That's beautiful. And, and then he said to me, he said, I didn't just show this to you for your sake. I'm showing this to you so that you can tell this testimony so that people will know that I love them just the oh. same too. So I went home and I told Heidi about it. And she says, 
well, how come he doesn't tell me that way? And I said, because I love you, Heidi doesn't fit on a license plate. <laughs> that's that's wonderful. Uh, now you're completely healed. Mm. And uh, talk to me about that testimony, that lady healed of that debilitating disease. You know, a lot of people wonder about why people, when they get healed, they, quote, lose their healing. And this lady, we were at a, a seminar. At that time, we were starting to help facilitate at Impact some of these inner healing seminars. And so we had a group of ladies and this lady came in, and we, we would do little exercises. And she was doing this exercise of, uh, why don't you feel like you can come into your destiny in God? And so I asked, I said, well, would anybody want to share that? And she just popped right up. And she said, you know, I have fibromyalgia and, and um, all, uh, pain in my body and stuff. And I really can't do anything. I can't, I, I even have problems taking my kids to school and things like that. And so I said, well, at that point, my faith was, was strong, but not quite as strong as it is now. And I said, well, let's pray for this lady. You lay your hands on her, and I'm just going to command this thing to go. And so I did that. I commanded the fibromyalgia to go, the pain to go, and all the, the weakness to go, and things like that. And then to hedge my bets, like we tend to do in the kingdom, I said, well, you know, there are miracles, and then there are, and I didn't even get the word healings out. And she popped up. She said, I'm healed. I'm healed. Wow. And she's bouncing around, and she and she's, was totally healed. So since this is one of the first people that I actually had seen healed like that, for the next three months, I would ask her or her sister who was there, how's she doing? Oh, she's doing great. She's standing on a chair. She's cleaning this and cleaning <laughs> that. And after three months, uh, I said, how's she doing? She goes, oh, she's back into it again. And I said, oh, my goodness. And, and I said, why? She said, well, she wanted disability to be on disability. And if she was healed, she couldn't be on disability. So she wanted her disability more than her healing, and it, and it dropped back into that. Goodness. So where Jesus talks about, you know, when you are healed, that, you know, to make sure that you fill that place with the Holy Spirit and you fill it with the mindset of God, or that thing's going to come back. That was going to come she back put, She opened the door. That she opened the door back. back to come back. Wow. And that's what I believe that Jesus was talking about. You know, when people say that your healing will, you know, you can lose your healing. They don't really lose your healing. It just finds a place where it can come back. And, and you you made sure that you guarded against any place for that enemy, like your testimony of your toe, any place. Yes, uh, yes. You got, We have to guard ourselves against the, the enemy coming back yes. and bringing it back, correct? Yes. We really, at, at the point that we're healed, God wants to use that for his glory, too. He does it because he loves us, but he wants to use that for his glory. And if we go back into the same things that got us there in the first place, mm, and we right. start not realizing the incredible love of God for us, then the enemy is going to say, well, they didn't, they didn't fill that place with the Holy Spirit. So that's, that's ground that I can take. And so I warn people, you know, don't just stay stagnant where you are. Don't go back into what got you there. Make sure that you fill that with the Holy Spirit and let him guide you into truth and progress into your destiny. And then the enemy can't find a place. That's really good, Joe. Joe, the Lord gave you a dream one night of four large letters. And I love this. Talk, talk about this. Well, I was sitting there dreaming, and the Lord gave me four letters, D-E-A-R, and they were on top of each other, like stacked on top of each other. And I said, well, Lord, what are those in the dream? And he said, well, the D is for demonstrate, and the A is for activate. And I said, well, what are the other two for? And he says, you're going to need to get up for this. How many times has God given us something in the night and we forget it in the morning, right? exactly. Right? So I said, okay, God, I'll get up. And I went and I started writing these down. And the Lord said, the E if so, it's D is for demonstrate, the E is for equip, the A is for activate, and the R is for release. He said, this is how Jesus taught. 
this is how the disciples taught, and this is how I want my people to be taught. And so he, the, the thing is, he wants us to demonstrate kingdom. And then he wants to, you know, there's these five, fold, we call them ministry gifts. Or, you know, they're not. They're equipping gifts. It doesn't say ministry. It says they're there to equip the saints. Right. So the demonstration is if, if those people who are in those roles aren't demonstrating the kingdom in those roles, then they can't really teach people how to do that. They can't equip the saints doing the work of the ministry. So we need to be demonstrating if we're in those leadership roles. We need to be demonstrating the things that we're teaching, right? And then to equip the saints where through exhorting them and through encouraging them and through empowering them and through educating them, right, in, in the things of the kingdom. And then once we do that alongside of us, we activate them. Jesus did this. He sent them out two by two, and they, he was still there, right? And so they could come back, and he could teach them, and they would go back out, and he would activate them while they were there. And then eventually, when he went back to heaven, he released them. And so this is what happened in Impact. I was taught there. I was, it was my hospital and my university. They demonstrated the kingdom. They equipped me. They activated me by walking with me through the different things and teaching me things. And then the Lord at that point said, now I can release you. And then he sent me to another church. And I'm so glad that's in your book that you really teach people how to walk this out in their own life. And, and Joe, earlier you were talking about the power of the testimony. And uh, you have a wonderful story uh, about how a testimony brought healing to a man with cancer. Yes. Um, after I started realizing that, you know, that God was using me and Heidi to heal the sick, and we started getting these testimonies. I had a, a friend of mine that I had prayed for, and his finger was healed. I went into a food lion, and um, I went to the clerk, and I just was telling her this story about this person who had had their finger healed. And she said, oh, would you pray for my husband? And I said, I'll do better than that. I said, are you a Christian? She said, yes. And, and I said, well, I'm going to just lay my hands on your hands, and I'm going to pray for him. And I prayed that when she lays hands on her husband, that he would be healed. And I told her, I said, you lay hands on your husband, and you command that disease to go in the name of Jesus. So I left. And when I was doing it, actually, the, the person who was bagging at the time was just glued to this whole conversation. And the interesting thing was that when I was talking to her, nobody got in line. The store was full, but nobody got in line. God does it all he the time does for that. me. That's He'll right. just keep him out of the line. Yeah. And so uh, about a month later, I came back into the store, and I said, how's he doing? She goes, wow, he's, he's out fishing today. And I said, wow, that's great. And I said, are you continuing to do what I told you? She said, yes. And about a month after that, I went back in, and I said, how's he doing? She says, he's cancer-free. Wow. So this is the thing. As believers, when we start getting something, we need to start teaching other people sure. how they can do the works of the Lord, too, and, and helping them in their own lives to be able to have the authority of God in their own life. And testify what God has done in right. your own life. Right, And uh, uh, you have another story of about an incurable autoimmune disease that was healed. Yes, we had a lady at our church, and the doctors had diagnosed her with scleroderma. And what scleroderma is, is the skin on your face tends to overgrow, and it turns dark and pigmented. And it looks like you're almost wearing a mask of skin. And I saw her at the church, and, and so I went up and I said, would you like me to pray for you? And, and she said yes. And so I started commanding that disease to go in Jesus' name and her, for her skin to look like baby skin. And over, over the course of a few months, it, that, all that stuff started to peel off. And to this day, she has skin that's beautiful, wow. like baby skin. Wow. Uh, Dr. Joe, your your faith is sky high for people to be healed. Yes. Because you you were in the depths of despair, depression, 
you had it coming from all sides. Yes. Contemplating suicide. And we all know that when you get to the place that you're contemplating suicide, you're in a really dark place. Yes. And uh, so I said that to say that you have been there, you you have compassion, you have faith and authority. Would you just pray for the people listening right now, uh, it, just whatever the Lord puts on your heart to release into their lives? Yes. Father, we just thank you for your love for us. And we thank you for your destiny that we have to be like Jesus. We thank you that he came to give us abundant life. And sickness and disease is not abundant life. So, Lord, right now, I just ask that you would activate the faith of the people who are listening to this today, that this will have given them new hope, that they can be healed, that Jesus wants to heal them. It is his will to heal them, and that if they will just believe that the Lord wants to heal them and command their sickness and disease to go, that they can believe that it's going to be done in Jesus' name. I ask you, God, to just allow your word to just envelop them and the Holy Spirit to saturate them, and that he would guide them into all truth to see that what they've been taught in the past may not be correct or may be imperfect, but that they can be healed, and to not give up, to speak to their disease every day. Lord, that you would also bring them people around them, people of faith, who will, even if they don't have faith themselves, will say, we're going to take you to Jesus. We're going to continue to believe until we see you healed, and to not give up. And Lord, we just believe this because you have said it, and that you would do it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. And you've been listening to Messianic Vision with our guest, Dr. Joe Wadlinger. And now here's Sid to tell you how you can get this special resource. Dr. Joe Wadlinger felt hopeless. He was diagnosed with a debilitating and incurable disease. He didn't want to die, but the pain level made him plan for suicide. But his wife, Heidi, determined to see him heal. They had to unlearn everything they knew about healing. In Dr. Joe's brand new book, Healed, God's Breakthrough Blueprint for Receiving and Releasing Miracles, you will learn the principles that God taught Dr. Joe and Heidi to bring complete healing and walk in total victory. In Dr. Joe and Heidi's exclusive three CD set, you can walk in victory. You will learn how powerful your words are and how valuable you are to the kingdom of God. You will walk in victory as you learn how to tear down faulty mindsets. Call now for Dr. Joe Wadlinger's brand new book, Healed, an exclusive three CD set, You Can Walk in Victory, for an investment of 35 U.S. dollars. To order, call one 800 447-2697. That's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Dr. Joe and Heidi Watlinger's brand new book, Heal, God's Breakthrough Blueprint for Receiving and Releasing Miracles, and their exclusive three CD set, You Can Walk in Victory. Offer number 9623 for investment of 35 U.S. dollars. Be sure to ask for offer number 9623. Once again, that's offer number 9623.